Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I am your host, Dahlia. I'm also known as the president of Chickenlandia. I'm a backyard chicken educator that has found peace and joy in the chicken yard, and I want to help you guys find that too. Uh, Today is episode nine of season four. Um, Today's podcast, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about why your chickens might have stopped laying. We're also going to talk a little bit about this controversy that is going on right now that's surrounding this question, like why have some chickens stopped laying? And I want to start out by telling you that I really did not want to talk about this. (laughs) I don't, you know, I try to stay out of the chicken drama because you know there's chicken drama out there, okay? Um, I, I try to stay out of it. But I did have a lot of people, you know, I did get a lot of messages about it. And so I just decided to just do it, you know, just get out there and talk about it and be super honest uh, about where I'm at with this. So as always, I want to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by a company that I love, a very responsible small company called My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my feed. And yes, I get my non-GMO organic small feed company <laughs> feed that is socially, socially responsible. It's called Scratch and Peck Feed there. Um, I get my chicken supplies, fun chicken stuff. It is myfavoritechicken.com and I will leave that link for you in the show notes. This, this podcast is also brought to you by Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a small local company to me, and they have an online store that I know you will love. Um, Right now, I'm using three of their products. Uh, One is their organic pine shavings. Great for deep litter. Uh, Another are their pet greens, which is like these little sprouts that you can grow for your chickens in a a bag, and kids love them. Kids love to do it, and I love to do it. Um, Super easy. And the other one is their flaked oyster shell, which my chickens absolutely love. So you can check out these and their other chicken products. Plus they have stuff for chinchillas and rabbits and other fuzzy critters. I am going to put a link in the show notes for you. And there will be a coupon there for you too, a coupon code. Um, So definitely check them out. Um, If you have been keeping up with what's going on in the homesteading community and in the chicken world, you probably know what I'm referring to. Um, 
And I, I, you know, it's being called the chicken feed conspiracy. That's not necessarily what I, what I am calling it, but that is what it's being called. And many people are referring to it that way. But just in case you aren't up to date with this, let me give you a little bit of backstory and let you know what's going on before we get into it. And, you know, maybe you can learn a little bit about what's going on and maybe why your chickens have stopped laying. All right. So um, basically, there is a feeling among a lot of people, there is a certain uh, big feed company of which... uh, uh, that who uh, that feed company that will not be named because <laughs> um, I'm not in the business of getting sued. <laughs> um, there's a big feed company that has conspired along with other powerful members of the poultry industry to compromise the feed that uh, non-industrial chicken farmers and backyard chicken farmers are using, so that. Uh, chickens will stop laying. And so it's believed that the result of this, you know, that this is the result of this is the rise in egg prices and also further dependence on the poultry industry, which of course, no one wants those things. Like, like obviously most people do not want that. Okay. Um, now I, I do have my feelings about this and I have gotten, like I said, I've gotten many, many messages from people who are very concerned about this. Um, And I've gotten a a ton of comments on my channel about it because I've been talking about the rise in egg prices. And I've also been talking about trying to counter all the articles that are coming out lately about how you shouldn't keep chickens. There's just been a lot of that lately. And so I've kind of countered that because I really feel like everyone should keep chickens. Anyway, so yeah, I've gotten a lot of messages about it. But before we go any further into this, and I really hope I can communicate this well, I want you to know that I don't blame anyone for any lack of trust that they may have in our institutions um, or in big, you know, big industries. I completely understand that. I I am not here to tell anyone what to think. What I do want to do is give you the best information that I can give you with the information that I have. And then you can go out and make an informed conclusion about what you think is true and what you want to do about it. Okay, so you're not going to get any judgment from me. I might say something in the next, you know, 45 (laughs) minutes that you don't agree with. Um, But I hope it doesn't turn you away from Chickenlandia Uh, because I'm not here to judge you. I just, I want to be as honest as I can be. I want to be as responsible as I can be. And this will include me saying that I don't have all the answers to this. Okay. So I got so many listener questions and concerns about this. So so many messages, so so many that I decided not to include a listener question today because I would have had to choose one and there were so many of them. But if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, all you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and click ask a chicken question. Okay. And while you're there, you're going to want to join 
the mailing list is called Chickenlandia Nation. I will send you a discount to my online course. It's called Chickenlandia's Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. This is my super fun and interactive course. I'm very proud of it. You get direct access to me. You get direct access to uh, the other educator on the course, my co-instructor, Kelsey Paulus, who's here today. She's also called the uh, Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Um, so I hope to see you there. I wanted to let you know about it. Okay, so I, I have heard from many people that their chickens have stopped laying. Um, and I've also received a ton of concerned messages from people who have heard that, uh, you know, their chickens have stopped laying as a result of the feed that they were using or that, you know, they stopped laying, they switched their feed and then their chickens started laying again. So, and a lot of people are just like, do I need to change my chicken's feed? Do I need to switch their feed? Do I need to, you know, make their own feed? And I have to tell you, there's so many issues in today's world that I just wish I could be a fly on the wall when, you know, the powers of be that be are talking. <laughs> I just, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. So I would know, I would have the answers when everything is being revealed. Okay. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because I don't want that responsibility. Um, there are a lot of scenarios where I don't, I don't complete, I can't make like a definitive conclusion about what's going on. And because I have a platform and I believe it's very important to be as diplomatic as possible, I have to be extra responsible with what I say. And um, I'm not just going to make a statement as if it's true if I don't have proof. Uh, one thing I do know, and I think this is because of my, you know, it's because of my background. I've talked about this before. I'm the child of immigrants. You know, the country that my parents grew up in was totally destroyed by, by um, special interest, like big business. They just totally destroyed my parents' country. They're, they're from Guatemala. So I completely understand like where people are coming from when they're like, I, I, I feel like something's going on here. You know, I, I get that. But the one thing I know, and I can't, you know, it's like, it's kind of stuck in my head with these, with these big, with big business, profit is king. Okay. So, and this is where I might say something you disagree with. <laughs> I can't for the life of me figure out or wrap my head around why a company would sabotage its own product in the way that's being suggested. Even if the result was advantageous, like eventually, it, it, you know, to the poultry industry, it really seems to be such a strange way to go about it. And, you know, a lot of the reason why I think this is because of how I understand chicken laying to work. Okay. In the, in the Western world and definitely in the United States, we have mainly high production breeds in our flocks. So this would be breeds that have been bred over the years to lay lots of eggs and also hybrids that are going to just lay this incredible amount of eggs. But even these high production breeds will usually stop or, or majorly slow down their laying for a few different reasons in different parts of the year. Okay. It could be high temperatures that stop chickens from laying. So in the summer, 
you know, if you have a heat wave, you will notice like, oh gosh, I'm not getting any eggs. Well, that's because of the temperature because your chickens are under a little bit more stress. Okay. And so they have stopped laying. Um, molting, which usually happens in the late summer or early fall. Um, sometimes it can happen a little bit later. And then there's always that frizzled chicken that molts in the middle of the winter. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, during that time, chickens will slow down a lot or stop laying altogether. Many of them will stop laying altogether. The shorter days of winter, depending on where you live, your chickens will, you know, when the days get shorter, they will stop laying or they will slow down a lot. And then, you know, they can pick back up after the winter solstice. Okay. Um, And this has to do with the number of hours, you know, chickens need to have a certain number of hours of daylight in order for that laying process to happen. Okay. So a lot of times people are like, well, it's cold. That's why my chickens aren't laying, but it's not the cold. It's actually the length of the day that is uh, the deciding factor of whether or not they're going to, they're going to continue to lay. Um, Age is definitely a factor. So if you get chickens, you know, and it's your first year with chickens, you're going to get lots of eggs. The first year, especially with these production breeds, you're going to get a lot of eggs that first year because that's what they're meant for. They're really only meant to lay a ton of eggs that first year of life. Okay. And then, you know, imagine they're in a factory farm. They're just like, that's their, their time is done after that. Okay. So, um, they're going to lay a lot of eggs the first year of life, and then that's going to drop off significantly the second year of life. They'll still be laying lots of eggs, but not as much as the first year. And then in every consecutive year after that, they will lay less and less. Okay. Um, stress and illness can also make chickens stop laying. So if you, you know, moved, or if you like move their coop, sometimes even if you like rearrange their coop, they're like, <laughs> what's going on here? I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm super stressed out about this. Um, Cause chickens are really creatures of habit. So if their environment gets disturbed or something is different, they may stop laying because of that. Okay. Obviously illness can make them stop laying. And lastly, and this is the most interesting one and the most significant one when we're thinking about this controversy that's going on, laying can slow or stop from a nutritional deficiency. So because, you know, I think the main thought is that the formula of the feed has changed. And so, you know, the chickens being fed this feed, they aren't able to get enough nutrition and mainly protein to continue to lay. But what I, you know, when I think about this, what throws a wrench in this theory for me is that previously healthy chickens, you know, chickens that that we're laying well, they're not having any health problems, and they're suddenly not getting the right nutrition, they wouldn't necessarily just stop laying. Like it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily work that way to where it would be like you switch the feed and all of a sudden they stop laying, or you switch the formula and all of a sudden they stop laying. You know, you would observe your whole flock uh, stop laying, you know, Suddenly, due to high temperatures, due to molting, due to shorter days, due to a stressful event like a predator attack like that, that is something that where like that process could abruptly stop. 
But for a nutritional deficiency, especially with these high production breeds, like we mostly have here in the U.S., they will continue to lay until that deficiency catches up with them. And at that point, they will not be well. Like you will know they won't look well. And, you know, you will have sick chickens on your hands. Um, and, And that may be some people's experience. It's not, that's not the feedback I'm getting. I'm really, what I'm getting is just these chickens have stopped laying, but if it, I, I just keep going back to that, well, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't just stop like that. You would observe other things that would clue you into something being really wrong. Um, and maybe people are observing that, you know, that I, I don't, I don't want to invalidate anyone's experience, but like I said, most of what I've been reading and messages from people is that chickens have stopped laying and there's just so many other factors that could be present that make it hard for me to make a definitive statement that it's the feed. Okay. Because it could really be so many other things. I think if it were the feed, it would have to be something that was really overtly sinister. Um, and there would have to be like, you know, literally like hormones in the feed or something to stop chickens from laying. And that would be very easily detectable. So, so far I haven't heard anything like that, that's, that's been detected. So yeah, that's why I just keep going back to that. Like it just, you know, like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not beyond not trusting uh, big companies, <laughs> but this is one where I'm like, oh, I don't know. It just like, it, it just doesn't add up for me. But like I said, I'm not here. I am not here to judge anyone or to be condescending towards anyone. I, I don't have all the answers. Um, I'm learning every single day. And the one thing that I don't like, and this has been, you know, I've just seen it so much lately. I don't like how this has, this has been something to yet again, divide the chicken and homesteading community. And I really think that that is so counterproductive. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media I've seen people making fun of the people who think there's something nefarious going on and I've seen vice versa. Okay. And I don't think this is how we will change the world. You know, (laughs) I think, I think if we're going to go up against factory farming and these, these, um, you know, these powers that be that really are causing problems, you know, that really are supporting a system that is not sustainable, if we're going to affect change and create a society that's more self-sufficient for everybody, not just the people that we agree with 100%, we're going to have to work together and we're going to have to have conversations. And sometimes those conversations are going to be hard. And we have to make space for people to come to their own conclusions. And we we just can't be putting each other down. And <laughs> that's <laughs> That's really what I want this to be about, you know. I I I I wish we could take this opportunity to come together and and to really think about what's important. We need to we need to get together and really, you know, fight the real enemy, not each other. Okay? Okay, now I'm going to open up the chat for questions. Okay, so August Rain asks, what is a good recipe for homemade feed? I do not have that, certainly not off the top of my head. Um, 
there are a lot of recipes online that I've seen and they all seem to be pretty good. You just want to make sure, you know, that it's a nice, well-rounded feed. You want to make sure it's coming from a reputable source. I will do a little bit of digging after, after this podcast and I'll, you know, I'll find one that I like and I'll put that link in the description, in the show notes for you. But yeah, off the top of my head, I don't have anything. You want to make sure it has just everything that, you know, it's just well, a well-rounded feed, um, enough protein, enough vitamins and minerals for them. Um, and you know, it's good to try and uh, source. Obviously it's better if you can source your ingredients, the more local you can get, you know, if you can do organic non-GMO, that would be best. But I, I will always say to people, you know, do what you can afford and you can always ferment the feed. You can give your chickens sprouts, you can feed them uh, kitchen scraps so they can get some fresh nutrition from that and your chickens will be just fine. Uh, Vivian says, I started buying horse bedding, aspen shavings. Is that okay? Yes, that's absolutely okay. And in fact, uh, my first flock, I, I used aspen shavings with them. It's a little more expensive, I think, than pine shavings, but it's absolutely fine. Uh, Christian asks, chicken saddles, do you have a preference? So in case you don't know, a chicken saddle is like, it's a little, it's a little, like, it looks like a little saddle <laughs> and you put it on your chicken. Like there, there's usually like this elastic that goes under their wings and that's how it stays in place. And they don't really mind it once it's on. Getting it on them might be a bit of a challenge, but once it's on, they don't mind it. And people will use them if, um, the, if their hens are getting rooster damage. And what I mean by that is that the roosters are mating the hens so much, like maybe they have a favorite hen and they're just mating with her so much that she's losing feathers on her back. And it's like, oh, these roosters. <laughs> but a good way to handle that is to get a chicken saddle. And it just so happens that my favorite chicken has some chicken saddles and some of them are really cute. So you can visit myfavoritechicken.com. That's where I've gotten my saddles when I've used them. I actually had like a denim one. <laughs> it was so cute. Had like a little ruffle at the end of it, you know, because my chickens, they have to look good. You know, they got to be fire. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's where I get mine. I think I there's also some patterns online, like you can make them. Um, but I know that there's really good quality chicken saddles on myfavoritechicken.com. Okay, so um, I got a quish, uh, question from Kelso10, and she says, this is not feed-related, but I lost one chicken the other day. Another is very sick and not thriving. I was told uh, blackhead, or uh, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> I can read it, but not pronounce it. Um, I'm trying diatomaceous earth. She isn't eating or drinking. What can I try? So, um, I think for something like this, you know, it's impossible for me to diagnose your chicken. And I think, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's this, it's that, um, it's, it's whatever. And, and a lot of times people will, will tell you something that's really scary sounding and catastrophic and that may not be what it is. So I think, I would try and, you know, do as much research as you can. Try and make an educated guess with the symptoms. 
But it's really difficult because chickens will present with symptoms that, you know, look the same and it could be a number of different things. So I think what I would do um, first and foremost is do what is called the REST method. It is R, it's an acronym, R-E-S-T. So the R stands for remove your chicken from the flock. That because you don't want to, like your chicken needs to not be stressed out, not be like trying to hide their illness. They need to be in an area where they can just rest and get better. Just like us, you know, we need, we need to rest. We need to not go to work. We need to not go to school. We need to just rest and get better. Um, so bring them, bring them inside or put them in an area, uh, where they can be away from their flock and they can just rest and there's food and water there for them. They don't have to travel very far. So the E stands for electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. Um, if you can get some chicken electrolytes from the farm store, that would be great. They usually have probiotics and, uh, vitamins in them. And that will give them extra hydration because just like people, sometimes we don't feel like drinking it or eating anything when we're sick. We need to get some nutrition into, into the chickens, you know, into your chicken if they're sick and, and some hydration. Okay. Um, the S stands for scrambled egg. <laughs> um, and some people think this is kind of weird because it's, you know, you're feeding your chicken eggs, but there's very few chickens that can resist a scrambled egg. Like they, they really like that. It's, it's something that is nutritionally dense for them and it's hard for them to resist. So you want to get some nutrition into them if possible. They might, they might not be eating, but if they are, it's good to get something in them that's got a lot of nutrition in it for them so that they can get through the illness. And the T stands for temperature control. So you don't want your chicken when they're sick to be trying to stay cold or, you know, trying to stay cool or trying to stay warm. Okay. You want to put them in an area where they don't, their body can just concentrate on getting better. Okay. So that's why I will usually bring mine into the garage or into like the bathroom or something where they, they just don't, you know, they're not outside in the cold or in the heat. Okay. And this is just supportive care because beyond that, you really need a, a diagnosis. And I think what you'll need to do is use that, you know, get the chicken inside, get some good nutrition into her, and then use that time to really do some research. And just remember that, you know, even if you have one or two chickens die, that doesn't mean your whole flock is going to get sick and die. Okay. Um, it could, it could be something that can spread. I would put some apple cider vinegar in their water to, you know, hopefully kind of slow that spread down a little bit and help to keep their water clean. But don't panic, you know, take it one day at a time. Obviously, your best course of action would be to take that chicken to the vet. And I say that knowing that that's not possible for everybody, okay? But I just, I can't offer a diagnosis. The best I can do is say, you know, uh, practice some some supportive care and do a lot of research to try and figure out what's going on, okay? So I, I hope that she gets better. Um, and I'm sorry you lost your one. Okay, so um, Stripey asks, uh, do you have any natural remedies for sick birds, just like common sicknesses um, due to them getting rid of poultry medicine over the counter? 
So um, I think, you know, if, like I said, uh, it really depends on what's going on. Um, If you need antibiotics and you can't get antibiotics, okay, I think the best alternative for that would be to get um, colloidal silver. And you can get colloidal silver at your health food store. Um, There are dosage... You know, usually what I would do is follow the dosage dosages for parrots, and you can find that online. Like if you just Google like colloidal silver dosage for for parrots, um, I would follow that, and that you know that can help. I've actually like one time I had just had a chicken that I've been on, on antibiotics so many times, and she had an internal infection, and she just you know she would get sick and then she would need antibiotics again and then it would go away. And that happens sometimes when they have something going on in their reproductive system that's causing infection over and over again. Um, and I was just like, I cannot give this chicken any more antibiotics. And so I gave her colloidal silver and she actually got better. And she had another, like another year after that. And then she did pass. But um, I know that it can work. It can help with infection. Sometimes it's just, you just need those antibiotics, you know, sometimes I will also use homeopathic medicines and, um, some people are not into them. I do like homeopathics. Um, I use them on my family. I use them on my animals. I use them myself and I use them on my chickens. So, uh, there's a, you know, a few common ones that I will use and I will leave that, uh, in a link in the show notes for you. It's just, the main ones that I use for, for certain things, but with homeopathics, like that's another thing where it really helps to have like a homeopath or a professional that you're working with, because sometimes, um, it can get pretty complicated and people will say, well, homeopathics don't work. But what it is, is that, you know, it's a complicated case that needs a certain type of remedy and you have, you need help finding that. So, but yeah, there's, there you know, that's really what I reach for. I know a lot of people will use oregano oil. Like, um, I don't know, I don't know about using the oil internally, but I know that there are products on the market that contain oregano and you can buy those and give it to your whole flock. So that's something that to consider as well. I hope that helps a little bit. Emma asks, can chickens eat raw meat? Uh, yes, (laughs) they absolutely will. Like they will literally kill and eat something if it's small enough. Like, I mean, if you've ever seen a chicken go after a mouse, it's like watching a (laughs) T-Rex, um, you know, and they'll eat a frog or a lizard or whatever. So they definitely will eat raw meat. Um, you know, I think, you know, as with anything, the concern is you don't want to be spreading bacteria, you know, into your flock, anything that could be dangerous to you or your flock. So you want to make sure that, you know, whatever you're feeding them is, is high, is good quality, not rotten, you know, hasn't been left out for days or anything like that. That being said, I mean, there's people that their chickens, their job is to work the compost pile. Like that is definitely a thing. Okay. And I will not pass judgment on that. Um, I think that there's definitely a purpose for that. Um, so, you know, some chickens, especially if they're free range, they have a little bit better of an idea, uh, you know, what to eat that, you know, what not to eat that could be dangerous for them. 
But when chickens are in an enclosed run, they have less of, I've, I've found that they have less of that instinct and they're more likely to just eat whatever you give them. So, so there's that to keep in mind. Like when chicken, usually chickens that are managing a compost pile are very free range chickens. And I really think that gives them that extra ability to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to eat that because that's not good for me and I can tell, but I'll eat this other thing. So, so that's a consideration uh, to take in, into, into your mind. So Jay Cree asks, is cooked oatmeal okay? Um, the, the only thing I would tell you about cooked oatmeal is, well, there's two things I would tell you about it. Um, moderation. Okay. Remember oatmeal is binding. So you don't want to just feed them cooked oatmeal. Like that wouldn't be good for them. Um, wouldn't be good for their digestive system. So, um, and also I know a lot of people like to do oatmeal in the winter when it's really cold. Don't do it at night. Okay. Um, or if the temperatures are like, you know, below zero, I, I would be very careful about them getting the oatmeal all over their faces and on their combs. Cause you know how chickens are. They're like eating oatmeal. They're like, Oh my gosh, there's oatmeal. <laughs> and you know, it's all over their beak. It's all over their face, it's all over their combs and their waddles. And they can get frostbite that way. Okay. So I, I had a friend that she gave her, her chickens warm oatmeal at night, you know, right before bed, feeling like she was doing something really good and her chickens got frostbite because they had oatmeal, like wet oatmeal on their combs and waddles. So that's something to take into consideration. But I haven't seen anything. I know that there is, uh, you know, there's some thought around it that oh, oatmeal is bad for chickens. I have seen nothing that has convinced me of that. And in fact, I've seen things, you know, I've seen more where it's like, no, it's actually, it's okay. Like, <laughs> uh, which to me makes more sense. So I would just be... Um, careful to do it in moderation, you know, just like a lot of things. Moderation. What well, uh, Soren asks, what are your thoughts on A-frame coops? I think they're great. I think they're great. Um, you know, it just is whatever, whatever works for you. Um, I, I think it's, I think they're fine. I think, it, I think if they work for you, you should definitely go for it. Uh, Kathy says, you have been so kind in your explanation of the feed controversy. I used to follow someone else. I'm not, I'm not going to mention their name. Um, and when I asked about the feed convert, uh, controversy, they blocked me. Thank you for your kindness. I, I think that's really unfortunate. And I know that that person is very, is very knowledgeable, but I think that, I think that's misguided because we have to talk about this. Like that, that's how, you know, that's how we figure stuff out. That's how truth comes to light. And if you, if you like, feel like it isn't, you know, like there isn't any truth to it, then, then you need to talk about it. And you, you know, I don't know. I just don't, I guess I just don't understand that, that kind of mentality where it's like, we're just not going to have this conversation because how are we changing anything if we do that? You know, if I have this feeling, well, I really want to bring knowledge to the world but I only want to bring it to people who already agree with me, then what am I changing? You know, I'm not doing anything. Like that's the easy way. The hard way is to, to talk to people and to really sit down and open your mind and, you know, talk to people that you don't agree with so that you can, you know, expand your, your knowledge and they can expand your knowledge and everybody can come out the better. But 
I don't rule the world. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because <laughs> it would just be like a chicken coop. <laughs> China Moss, China Moss Farm asks, do you feed your chickens mealworms and do you raise mealworms? I have fed them mealworms. Um, usually I feed them grubs because I work, I, I, um, I'm an ambassador for a company called Scratch and Peck Feeds and they have some really good grubs. So I use their grubs, but I have a friend that raises mealworms and it's so, it looks so easy, but I will tell you this right now and you're going to laugh. Okay. Like I, I can't feed my chickens live mealworms because I feel bad for the mealworms. <laughs> that's just that's just where I'm at. I know it's you know I mean I'm, I'm literally feeding them dead grubs. It's not like they were alive. They weren't alive at one point. But if they're alive and they're in my hand, like my instinct is to be like, oh no, I'm going to save you. Like I'm not going to let you get eaten. Um, and if I see like bugs in the chicken yard, like I will take it and put it outside. <laughs> That's how I am. Uh, what would cause my six-month-old chicken to lay more than one egg a day? Is this a bad thing for them? This is from off-grid uh, grandma. So I have said this before. I have had chickens lay more than one egg a day. And then people don't believe me. <laughs> and, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, or They'll be like, no, you just forgot to get the egg in the morning. I'm like, no. I know that chicken laid more than one egg a day. And I think what it is, is that they probably laid the egg like very early in that cycle. And then they laid their second egg like late in that cycle. So it's like, it, it it's, it, you know, it was like so close together that it felt like it was in one day. But I, I will say like, if you, you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that if a chicken is a really prolific layer, they will likely not live as long as like a chicken that doesn't lay that much, like a, a little bantam hen. You know, those are the ones that live to be like 10, 12, 15 years old. Like the, these little bantams that that lay, you know, one egg a week and then one egg a month and then one egg every six months, you know. They're the ones that 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 live the longest because they were bred differently. Like they were bred for for beauty and to be pets and production breeds that are these very prolific layers are just bred to lay a lot of eggs in a very short period of time like as much as many eggs as possible in that first year or two of life okay so if you have a chicken that is an amazing layer um you know it this chicken lays through their molts. This chicken lays through the winter. You know, that is awesome because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm getting these wonderful eggs from this chicken like every single day. It's likely that that chicken will molt really hard and fast. And it's likely that that chicken, you know, will not live like a super long life. It's not, it's not unheard of, but in my experience, they don't, they just don't live as long because they're not bred for that. They're not bred for this long, resilient life. They're bred to produce as much as possible. So I guess the answer to your question is it's not great, but there really is. I, I don't really think there's much that you can do about that other than give that chicken a great life while they're with you. And, you know, 
a, a prolific production breed is super lucky to have as many years as, as they can, even if it's like three or four years outside of a factory farm. So I would say, you know, just spoil that chicken and <laughs> love on that chicken while you can. And who knows, she may live to be, you know, I mean, gosh, I've seen a chicken that was 13 years old and it was a production layer. <laughs> it was just like, it was so old, but <laughs> it happens sometimes. So you never know. So I wouldn't say it's like, it's like this awful thing, but, um, it, it, it's a, it's a circumstance of her life that, that could possibly lead to a shorter life. Okay, guys. Um, thank you so much, uh, for joining me today. I love you all. I want you all to just keep on chicken on. Okay. <laughs> keep, keep listening to, to each other. All right. Thank you to my moderator and co-producer Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and for and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to rate and review it. Give me a thumbs up here on YouTube. And remember that no matter what, no matter what side of the chicken fence you're on, okay, you're always welcome in Chickenlandia. All right. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.